Transcends Hour, hosted by Shane and Derek, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Sends Hour podcast. It's Shane. And on today's episode, we won't have Derek due to some scheduling conflict, but we will be joined by the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, Neil Villapont. Wow. Every time I go out to say it, I always put I can say it no problem when I'm not on the air. But the minute I go live, I can never say it. Um, but yeah, Devil's State of Mind podcast host. He's been part of the network for better part of 2020. Uh, so let's introduce our favorite favorite person out of out of new jersey uh here's neil hey neil how's it going good how are you doing um you know i get you know first of all you're not the first person in my life to not say my name correctly and it is true everybody out there he can say it no problem like when we're not like live but the minute that it starts to go live it's just for some reason, he forgets how to pronounce it. But uh, I, I literally practice all day to pronounce it correctly, <laughs> and it, the minute I go live, it just butchers it. Right. It, for any for everybody out there, it's pronounced yeah. Villa Piano. So yeah, see, it, it, it's just Villa Piano. Villa, you know, Villa like the you know the Roman villas, the small houses in Italy, and piano like the musical instrument. That's pretty much a simplified way to say it. Yeah, and it's just like I. For some reason, the minute I go live, I can never say it. No, nope. um, but you know, if you're joining us on uh, through Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast, obviously won't be able to see Neil's beautiful face and the jersey that he is wearing. But it looks like he's wearing the uh, Adidas uh, white, red, and green Jersey Devils yep. jersey. Uh, yeah, and the don't reason worry. I'm, I'm getting the reverse one. Don't worry. Don't get worried. Oh man, I I want that Christmas one so bad. Yeah, I think I was, you know, like because I was looking around to see like if some if if they were pre-orders and like think on Adidas they have it for like one eighty if it's blank, which I was like that seems about right. And then somebody was like, oh, but if you get a number on the back, it's two eighty. So I went to the New York Rangers website. They actually have like pre-sales, you know, pre-orders. It's like two eighty to get like an authentic. One with like either Zabanajad, Panarin, I think Lafreniere, you know, and I'm like, well, first of all, it's, it's, you know, James Dolan and he probably just wants to take everybody's money away from him. Second of all, that doesn't surprise me. And I'm like, I want to get a Marty one, but now I'm scared because I'm worried about what it's going to be like looking on the devil's website when they announce theirs. I mean, well, it's all standard. It's, it shouldn't, right. it's, it shouldn't be like, I know for the sends it's two fifty. For or I think it's two fifty for their like if you go straight to the Ottawa team shop and if you're not buying off of the Ottawa team shop, you're kind of just wasting money in my opinion. Yeah. But if you go to like the Ottawa team shop and you look into the reverse retros, it's two fifty for an Adidas, uh, Kachuk or Shabbat kind of pre-made, okay. but it's three hundred bucks for a custom. And I think the reason, and I mean I know the reason why is because you're getting the full stitch. The extra right. hundred bucks you're getting the full stitched. If you just waited and just got like a blank jersey and then went in and you're like, oh, I only want the heat press, you're probably only going to pay like for us if we were to do that, we get to it for two fifty kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of where it's a little confusing for people. Right. I think it would, you know, I think it would 
be smarter for people to buy a blank one, you know, for, you know, 180 bucks, whatever they're, whatever they're going to sell it for. And then, you know, down the road, uh, you know, like with the devils, we have our own shop in the stadium and you could actually go into it and get it stitched there. I think you'd probably end up saving a lot of money if you just, you know, got a blank like the one I have on and then just getting it stitched, you know, afterwards. It, that might actually be the be- the smarter way to do it. Yeah, see, if if they announce Heischer as captain, you bet your ass I'm getting a Nico Heischer Christmas yeah. Day with the C. I do not care. Yeah, you know, a lot. I've, I've had a lot of Devils fans tell me that they're doing that, and I say, you know, I think we need to realize that we're still not even guaranteed that we're going to have a captain this year. I mean, we're. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Nico will eventually become the captain of this team. I think it's a matter of when do they feel is the right time. And I think with the fact that you have veterans like Travis Zajac, who was, you know, on his last year of his contract, and there's a good chance that this could be his very last season in the NHL, depending on, you know, how he does and what it, what the team sees moving forward. Um, it may not be until 2021-22. Um, it may be that when they decide to make Nico the captain at that point. 100%. I mean, Ottawa's in the same boat. Like, if I'm getting a Brady Kachuk jersey, realistically, I could just get a Brady Kachuk without any letters and then just get the C added any, later anyways. But I think that might be my my go-to is get, like, a Nico Heischer yeah. um, jersey. And honestly, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to go through Customized Sports. You know, they're I, at, I mean, is that a Canadian thing? Uh, they, they ship to the States. Oh, okay. If you go uh, to on if you're on eBay, they're I think they're fifty bucks American. Yeah, because uh, we talk about it on the um on the group chat that we're on with the Hockey Pod Network guys, and we're always talking about like where can we get like like really good deals on jerseys. So we're we're constantly figuring that out. Yeah, so we have Ben H Sports, fantastic guy. Uh, I've gotten a couple of jerseys from him already. I'm pro- that's probably where I'm going to get my like my next jersey, my next couple of jerseys from. But, mm-hmm. you know, Customized Sports, they just do the jersey kits. We have a contest going on. We are sponsored by them. There you go. They're honestly great. Like, I uh, I have most of my Ryan, like, most of my jerseys recently. Like, the two jerseys behind me are CFL kits from them. That's impressive. So, I'm probably just going to get them from them and then buy a blank for probably, like, 180 bucks yeah. from NH Sports and then slap, sew them on and stop them on myself. Now – the, I think next question that obviously I got to ask you is uh, what is the first jersey you want to get um, your kid? What would be like the first one you would try to get? Oh, she she's getting a son's one. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Is it going to be a blank one? Is it going to yeah, be? Like, most yeah, most likely. Uh, okay. I got um, you. Might get that reverse retro uh, Calgary one for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> got to get blasty. Right. But. Um, but no, honestly, though, it, it's fantastic that, like, I love these reverse retros. Um, mm-hmm. I know you posted, you put out something. I put out a tier list. Uh, yeah, I have not done it yet. I've been meaning to. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have to upload the pictures, all, like, already? Or are they already no, no, actually, if you go to, um, I think if you just type in on Google, like, NHL reverse jersey tier list, I think it takes you right to a website where they have it already down there. And all you have to do is just click and drag to wherever you want to put them. And then you just create the tier that way. That was, I actually got that from Tom Franklin um, from the blues notes podcast on, on the hockey podcast network. He sent me the link and he showed me it. So if you want me to just send you the link or if you want to look it up um, either way is fine. Yeah. Cause I, I've been meaning to, and it's just like, it's and also I, a lot of time. <laughs> and here's the thing, like it, 
here's the thing for me there's a lot of them that i like that i know already a lot of other people that i've spoken to don't like for whatever reason um really yeah uh this week actually um or i guess on, on monday the 30th um one of the segments on the devil state of mind podcast episode is me talking about the devil's jersey and you know how my thoughts on it and the only thing that i guess there were two things that i i said that i really really um that I guess I would have changed, but they're not like massive changes because pretty much it's tremendous is that I feel that the logo needs to be elevated a little bit because it looks like there's a little bit too much space at the top right by where the logo is. So like it's, it should be more like this, like the way that um, I'm wearing the, you know, alternate Jersey that we already have. Um, and then the other thing that I was interested in seeing what it would look like is instead of the lettering and the lettering and numbering white, and then with a trim of red, reverse it the other way. Make it red with a white, you know, with a white trim and see what that looks like. That would have been something I would have liked to have seen and see what happens with it. Um, but other than that, I thought that they did a good job. Um, I did rank the Ottawa Senators one on my A, my a list. Uh, I put them at the top because I really did think that they hit a home run with this. Because, you know, obviously they're going back to the black and white so the logical thing to do is to just reverse the jersey you already got and make it red and i think that it came out as well as you could have imagined it came out and uh do they have have they revealed like what the lettering is going to look like and like the numbering on those yeah it's basically what they have for the other jerseys just so they're going to be black numbers and like is white, that a, a black number with white outline okay so that's a, that's see, see that's what i thought that's what i thought the one that surprised me the most that a lot of people seem to not like is I think it was the Dallas Stars one. Me personally, I thought it was pretty good. I don't really see why people don't like it. I think it looks pretty clean. To be, that's just just speaking me. Um, that was kind of a surprise. Um, you know, there's some other ones. I love the Bruins one. I love that they brought that back. That whole that whole look. I think that's something that Bruins fans desperately desperately wanted back. The Canucks one. Kind of like it, it's it's growing on me a little bit. I didn't like it at first, but it's it's growing on me. Um, yes, I I understand why Dallas because apparently there's like talk of it being an all white look. Um, so I've actually I pull I'm gonna pull up your picture. Yeah. Um. There you go. So there you go. Can I do it. I don't know. So yeah. Hey, so you. Oh, have, I see it. I see it. Yeah. So you. You know, I, I honestly, I'm kind of surprised you have Toronto up there. I, I feel like I Toronto, Toronto would... was good I, because here's the thing for me. The only thing that I guess I wouldn't like is the white strip down the arms. That was about the only thing I didn't like. What I really love the most about it and what really got me to say, like, that's at the top of my list is the Canadian leaf in the front. I love the way that they made that look. Um, now, see, I, my, for me personally, I can't, I have Toronto at the bottom um, <laughs> and the Winnipeg one at the bottom. Yeah, I don't give. I mean, I like the Winnipeg one. I mean, this is this is my personal opinion on these. So I mean, it just... well, yeah, that's fair. I just like, I, honestly though, I I agree with your bottom. Outside of the the Wild Wing, I would have moved it up to B. Well, I heard. I think you said on our group chat that you said that they missed an opportunity with something with the Wild jersey. For the Wild jersey, yeah, hundred percent. They should have made it the like, the stylized M. Um, oh, that's the, like yeah. The Anaheim one, I would have moved up to B. I would have moved down the Rangers because it looks like a practice jersey. I don't like the like uh, Andy, yeah, one of the host of the broad uh, the Broadway Boys, yeah. mentioned like he doesn't like the solid navy, and yep. I got to agree with him on that. I don't particularly like it. 
Uh, I'm not a huge fan of San Jose's. I, I, but I was never a fan of that style of San Jose jersey. Right. Um, but I love Washington. I love the Screaming Eagles. So I'm happy that's back. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know, I think that's one. Especially if you talk to guys like uh, Hockey Troll, that they really, really, honestly wanted that back. You know, they wanted to bring that back in some capacity. And uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see Henrik Lundqvist wear that if he ever has to wear that in one of the games that he plays. Oh, um, he most likely will. I mean, I, I saw him in practice stuff with the Capitals, and just in general, it just it just looks really weird, you know, seeing him in a uniform other than the Rangers. But, yeah, going back to this Capitals one, it's a really good one. I do agree with Tom because I know Tom hates – well, hate might be a strong word. He really doesn't like the Blues jersey. Um, I can see why. Uh, I think there's a little bit too much red in this. Um, I feel like it kind of distracts you away from everything else. Um, but to be fair, like it, it kind of embodies what the reverse retro jersey looks like. Well, yeah, and I think that you know we have to also remember this, and I and I mentioned this on my podcast episode that every team puts a specific amount of money into these jerseys. It is not you know they have to make the choice as to how much money they want to invest in these. So depending on the amount of money that Adidas gets from a certain team, that's about as hard as they're going to go. So if I'll give you an example. You know, Devils fans want a black alternate jersey. And I said it before. It's going to come at some point, probably within the next two or three years, we're going to get one. I hope so, not. I really hope not. You know, and I'm and I'm skeptical about it because Adidas sometimes kind of screws it up with, with like, black alternate jerseys, especially in football. Um, I've seen a bunch of those. Um, but if the Devils don't put a lot of money into it, it's not going to come out like everybody hopes. If the Devils put a huge amount of money into it, then most likely Adidas is going to go the extra mile to make sure that it looks, you know, really, really good. It all just depends on what these teams make. So sometimes it depends on what the team put in there. 100%. But I think, you know, to be fair, though, for St. Louis, if you look at the original jersey comparatively to the um, reverse retro, it embodies exactly what a reverse retro uh is supposed to look like. I think they actually followed it better than a lot of other teams. Like, for example, Edmonton, who kind of just reversed their colored jersey from that year. Like, they already had a white jersey. All they did was revert, like, the white jersey and the blue yes. jersey at the, during that era were different. Yeah. So all they did was flip it between the two. Yeah. And, like, if you look, if you really look at the blues alternate from, like, like this is the yeah. one they flipped. Right. They actually flipped it. Like, they just straight up just flipped the yeah. blues. And I give them credit for that because they really embodied that reverse retro look. Yeah. They didn't add random colors to it. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that's my issue with, with Winnipeg is, like, where are you getting this gray from? That was kind of an interesting thing because, it, you know, I think that, you know, I, I kind of expected them to kind of go a little bit more towards what the old, you know, 90s. I was expecting you know, red. Right, exactly. And I think that that was kind of a surprise when it came out. But to be honest with you, I like it uh, a lot. And that's just me, especially when then Winnipeg put out pictures. Uh, I don't know. I think it was Blake Wheeler that might have been showcasing them in some, in a photo shoot. And I, I mean, it looked it looked really good to me. So that was me. But uh, obviously the two ones, the two that really stand out the most and I think stand out the most in everybody's mind is the fact that Colorado went with the Quebec Nordiques 
And Hurricanes went with the Hartford Whalers look, which the Hartford Whalers look might be one of the top three best that Adidas made because this was almost exactly what people were asking for. See, I'm a little disappointed with the Nordiques jersey. I think there should have been a little bit more blue. There should be light blue in this. Like there should have been a little bit more blue. Yeah. I understand, like it is a reverse jersey, right? And like their standard yeah. jerseys were blue, and so I get the concept. But I, I wish there was a little bit more, like a little bit more blue in the jersey. But overall, I think they hit it out of the park. I think personally, they should have done something different with the reverse retro for Colorado, and they should have just said, "Okay, we're going to make a completely, you know, Nordique based jersey as just See, another alternate down the road." See, I would have loved them. Like, it's kind of hard, though, because realistically, if you look at the Colorado colors, yeah, I don't see, like, a like a baby blue. Like, their shade of blue working as a primary color. Yeah, that's true. Like, I just – it's not one of the – it looks too light. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would have loved them to do a burgundy Nordiques jersey and then the yeah. uh, the bottom being with the, the baby blue. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, you know, one – one that really like struck me was I kind of wondered with the Coyotes, did they just talk to the Phoenix Suns and be like, yo, can we just borrow some of your colors and just put it on a jersey? And I'm sure but too <laughs> because but like they did have purple when they first came in, right? I thought they were I thought it was did they have purple? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, like the the I'm pretty sure the version they had had a little bit of purple. That's Personally, I love it. I love the steampunk coyote yeah. logo. I think yeah. it's amazing. I'm not disrespecting it because it's, you know, it's on my B, it's on the B portion of my tier list. But again, it was just like, I was laughing about it with one of my friends. Cause we were like, I feel like they asked the Phoenix suns, if we could just borrow their purple and just see if it were like, it's like throw it out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's still very good. And I love the bottom, you know, right. I love the bottom of it. It looks, it looks really good. I'm really disappointed with the sharks one. I really thought that they would, this, the gray just doesn't, no, I thought they were going to do a gray, like I figured, but I was hoping it would be like their OG, like first year jerseys, yeah, like a gray and teal. I was not expecting. I hate. I've always hated that jersey design, like the way the like the arms are and whatnot. I've always hated it, so I'm very disappointed in that. It's to me, it's too cartoonish to be honest with you. Personally, there's two teams I think that hit out of the park, uh, with their with their jerseys. Mm -hmm. uh, Columbus going yep. back to like that old school logo. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and Montreal. Stuff you can, it's fine. I just, I just blanked on the team for a second. <laughs> I just, Tampa, I love the fact that they went back to the old school logo. So I'm going to give them mad props That's on that. That's a great logo. Um, but personally, I think Montreal and Columbus both hit it out of the park. Okay. I think the, the blue that they used for, uh, Montreal is fantastic. I've always wanted yep. to see what a, a really like blue jersey would look like for Montreal, and I think they did it really well. Yep. And then Columbus, though, I think I've always loved that Columbus logo, so I'm happy it's back. Yep. For me, though, Buffalo and LA. Yeah. Like, and have, as you can see, I have them on my, on my top because I think that when you when you look at the fact that you know Sabres fans loved that logo back in the day with the two swords, they they absolutely loved it, and also. The fact that the Sabres already announced, look, they're bringing back the royal blue and yellow, you know, the the the, the uniforms that everybody associates with Buffalo. You the know, early Dominic Hasek era, not exactly. the, the cup run era. Yeah, 
And even when they made cup run, when they made that cup run in the um, in the late six or in the seventies against the Flyers, you know they wore those uniforms. Um, you know that's really what they were hoping for. And I think Adidas did a tremendous job with that. The Kings won. That is so clean. I mean, oh man, Marcel like, Dion colorway I, with a I Gretzky low. I hate the Kings so much, but like that—that's one of those where it's like byfield in that. Like you realize, like how Ooh. like how nasty a fifty-five byfield will look in that jersey or an yeah. Eichel nine. You can like, you know, I don't mind, but I don't mind Boston's really. I really don't. But you know, I think they missed the mark. I like the yellow they used. Yeah, uh, Nashville's was horrible. Nashville's uh, is at the bottom of my list, as you can see, because I feel like. I mean, to be honest with you, because I know you play NHL. I know you, I know you play Chell. It feels like a jersey that you could make on NHL 20. Oh, easily. I mean, this this like this is like if you go to create a team or whatever, you could make that identical thing, and not even. I, I hate the Islanders. Like, the Islanders okay, okay, the Islanders. I like the Islanders because I love the Islanders colors. Like I think the the blue, uh, orange, and white look really really good. Uh, they missed, I just, the, they missed the mark on the fisherman. No, see, that's what I'm saying. They should have even they shouldn't even kept the colors. They should have just brought back the fisherman jersey in general. And I know a lot of Islander fans don't like them only because it reminds them of that period when they were really, really bad when they had like Mike Milbury as their head coach. And you know, um, what was it Shapiro? What the hell was his name? The guy, you know, they did an ESPN 30 for 30 on the dude. He, uh. Do you know what I'm talking? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I just okay. can't remember his name. What is his name? Anyway, it brings back that that thing. But like, I even talk to other fans that are like, "This re they really didn't try." I'm like, Here's the thing: I just, like, I just every team brought back an old logo. To be yeah. fair, except like, I mean, every, you know, teams like the Devils. It you know, we've had this logo all the time. Yeah, but like realistically, you know. Dallas brought back the old logo. Arizona, Florida, you know, Anaheim for, for fuck's sakes brought back Wild Wing. So you have the Wild who stuck Panthers, with their new Panthers logo. Brought back theirs. Yeah, okay. like you have you have the you have the Wild who stuck with their. Even San Jose brought their back their old logo. Yeah, the Flyers kept the the Flyers one is solid. Uh, I guess but like Flyers logos hasn't really changed much. Yeah, that's true. The, but the if you're going to one with teams. Who could change their logo? You know what's funny about the Red Wings one? I have a jersey in my closet over here that actually um, that the Red Wings wore in the Centennial Classic against Toronto, and I'm like, they literally just took the same jersey and just said, "Yep, this is our this is our reverse retro." Because I'm like, you know, look, the logo obviously is going to stay the same because it's always been the same. But I feel like I don't know. I just feel like there's too much white in this jersey. A hundred percent. I think Nashville missed the mark. They should have done. A navy with that, like the they're all, like they're the same time period. They had that um, that the Sabers logo, uh, the yeah. the Predators logo. Yep. Uh, which I think they had that on the original yellow jersey. Yep. So like you could have done that in blue, which would have been yep. mint. I think that would have been a lot better. Yeah, no doubt. You would have had like Minnesota could have brought back their stylized them. I think they would have it would have been a lot better than what they have on. The subway jersey. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to call it the subway jersey right now. <laughs> um, point, yep. Vancouver. I mean, they went with the the gradient look, so you can't you don't really change much about that, which is is fair. Like you, you know, 
but to me, like everyone else brought back a logo. Yeah. That could I, really, that realistically I mean, you could. You know how Vegas, because Vegas didn't, I mean, this is basically their alternate logo that we're looking at. Yeah, it's just a style of jersey. Yeah, it's what we see on their shoulders. So, and Vegas is one, you know, I don't know about you, Shane, but to me, I just feel like there's just too much red in this. I just, yeah, like, I don't understand where the red's coming red. from. And you know what? They made, and then they, you know, and then they brought the gold jersey that they we should have just made the gold jersey the reverse retro. Yeah, they should have just been like, yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, I just feel like when I, when I see these on the ice, I feel like they're going to look better, you know, than what we're seeing right now. But some of these I feel like are just not going to get any better, um, even if they're playing on the ice. Yeah, I think Dallas. Dal- the reason why everyone's pissed about Dallas is that there's talks of them being an all-white uniform, like white pants, white helmet, white oh. gloves, white oh. socks. Like it's going to be an all-white uniform. Kind of like yeah. how Detroit had in that outdoor game against Yeah, Toronto. yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. And um, I think that's what people are pissed about. Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, you look at a team like Vegas, they basically do all-white. I mean, that's what they do. And that was kind of the first time I saw a team actually use all white, you know, as their regular uniform. So, I mean, there is there is a possibility to do it. I just think the only criticism I would made of that jersey is that I think they should have incorporated a little bit more black into it. You know, I don't know if you remember, but like go back to like 1999, 2000, when they were going to the cup final, they had some black in there as long as they're, you know, forest green and, and white, I believe. I think they did have some black or they did have a black uniform, I think in the mid nineties when they, when they came from Minnesota to Dallas, um, I think they should have incorporated that. But again, like I mentioned before, it also depends on how much money did these teams invest into making these jerseys. We don't really know. And every team is probably different. I think the teams that like that really knocked out of the park, Ottawa, New Jersey, uh, uh, Vegas, or not Vegas, uh, LA, those teams, the ones that are, are, I think if you look at across the board who had the best ones, mm-hmm. those are the teams that I expect to have these as like a maybe a full-time alternate. The yeah. ones that were probably looking at this as like a one-year, one-and-done kind of thing, they're like, yeah. eh, we don't really care, so yeah. we're not going to invest so much time into it. Yeah, and I think you look at a team like the Kings, they'll definitely keep these long-term. Um, 100%. They'd be stupid not to. Montreal. Montreal, the only reason why I could go either way is because Montreal is a very, you know, you know, historical franchise and they may be like, we don't want to, you know, we want to kind of keep it the way that we've always kept it. But, you know, we'll see. Ottawa, because obviously they brought in New Jersey's with, you know, obviously, and then they have this. They're going to, and look, they're trying to market themselves, you know, young team with like, you know, a new era. This is what they're going to do. And so this, this is going to sell. I mean, this is going to sell. You get a team like the Devils. You know, look, they we like bringing back our heritage. There's a look, there's a lot of young Devils fans that want a black jersey, and I keep warning them that it may not come out the way that they want it to come out. If you look at the the heritage uniforms that we have, like the one that I'm wearing at the moment, and the reverse retro, and even the Stadium Series one that we wore, which was basically the uniform we wear on St. Patrick's Day every year. You know, if we're playing at home, you know that's the you know thing. And again, people. It's not a Chris, you know, we call it the Christmas uniform because let's face it, it's red, white, and green, and that's what Christmas is. But it really isn't. The fun thing about this, you know, reverse retro for the Devils is that the green actually represents the Pine Barrens, which is located in the south part of Jersey. So, you know, and that's the thing because, again, the, the, uh, the perception is that, you know, even though the Devils say that they're Jersey's team, if you go to South Jersey, 
you know, an hour away from where I'm from, you know, it's usually a lot of Flyers fans because they're closer to Philadelphia than they are to Newark, which is where the Devils play. But the Devils really want to get as many people in this state involved because it's the only professional sports team with the New Jersey name in it. You know, we have a soccer team, the New York Red Bulls, but they're called the New York Red Bulls, even though they play across the river, well, across a little stream from Newark and they play New Jersey. So, you know, and we have the Giants and the Jets, but they're called the New York Giants and the New York Jets. You know, they're not called the Jersey everything. So we had the we had the Nets, but they moved from Jersey. Now they play in Brooklyn. So the fact that the Devils have continued to keep this, you know, name and represent Jersey and say it's Jersey's team and do things like incorporating, you know, the Pine Barrens, which is gorgeous, by the way. I would recommend it if anybody gets the chance to go on a hiking trip or something there. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous, um, especially if you take one of the heritage railways that we have in South Jersey. Going through the forest on one of those railway w- railways on a beautiful day like we had today, you know, it, it's it's truly a, a, a sight to behold. But, you know, it's a great job. Um, but, yeah, you know, some of these teams are going to keep them and some of them are probably not. I don't see the Red Wings keeping theirs. God, I think, no. I think they'll wear them like four times. Nashville is going to wear this four times and be done with it. Um, the Islanders are definitely not keeping theirs long term. I don't think so. Could Here's be. Thing. I think I think New Jersey should look at this as an opportunity to reintroduce like full time the green, red, and white. You have the you have the away jersey already. Right. Yep. You have the alternate already. And here's the thing: I was expecting. So when Calgary announced that they were going back to that like eighty style because they had the they, they had the home and the away, I was expecting Winnipeg to do the same thing because they have the exact they're in the right. exact same situation. Yeah. So I was expecting them to come out with a red jersey to complement those two and mm-hmm. basically introduce it as like a this is going to be our new look. This is yeah. our new look. Yeah. Not I, whatever the hell they released, and I'm disappointed that they're not going back to it. I think. Those the heritage jerseys that they released are better than what they're wearing. Hundred percent. You talk about you talk about the Devils for Winnipeg, but oh, for I Winnipeg. mean Devils, yeah, yeah. yeah they, like, the the thing that Devils fans like that you know let's re- let's remember a lot of us hockey fans and like players and everything very superstitious. You know whatever works, that's how we do it. The Devils unfortunately have not won a game. Since they brought this heritage uniform back, they, didn't they win a cup with those jerseys? They did not win a cup with these. Uh, they made the playoffs several times with these. So that, I mean, if you go back to the first time, uh, you know, when the Devils made the playoffs, game-winning goal, John McClain, they were wearing these old uniforms. Um, and when I saw them in an outdoor game, you know, when I was there at Yankee Stadium, it was a sight to behold. And the Devils wearing these uniforms look great. And I understand that there's, you know, people like the color black because it looks cool and all that. I get that. I get where it's coming from. And also, you know, you don't want to go away from, you know, uniforms that, you know, won you Stanley Cups. But at the same time, at some point, you have to also think of it from a marketing standpoint and say, hey, you're trying to get new hockey fans. Well, if you can make jerseys that look like this, that kids say, Hey, those look pretty cool. I'd like to have one. You're gonna you're gonna really start to think, you know what? We you know, we may, you know, we may want to do this. I think that down the road, 
I'm not going to say any time recent, you know, soon, but I think down the road, the Devils organization will probably look at that and say, you know, that may be an idea of ours, you know, and that's the way I think they're going to look at it because bringing back the red, green, and white, and this is something that you and I have discussed numerous times and we agree on 100%. Where it, bringing those back would be a smart decision because they would look great. They would. 100%. Um, and I just, I, maybe I'm just a stickler for old jerseys and like the old looks, but I got to admit, like, the green is just so, like, it's just nicer than the black. I don't know. Right. No, I mean, it, you know, I know people that are big, you know, they like the the red and black. And because, again, like I said, they, they won Stanley Cups wearing those uniforms. And people think that a black and red jersey is going to look great. Um, and I've seen people make designs of it, you know, make ideas for it. And some of them look good. But I'm still worried because I sit there and say, hey, guys, how many times have we seen a team Asked to get a certain jersey back, they finally do, and it comes out to be a huge disappointment. And not just hockey, but in other sports. I as mean, well. the the that was the biggest problem with Suns fans was with the 2D logo. They were hoping that they would be butchered constantly, and it they when they were released, everyone was ecstatic of how nice they looked. Right. Um, but you know, we can talk jerseys this entire episode, but we do have other things to to talk yeah. about. Um but before we move on, we're going to take a quick break cuz you know, we spent the first half hour of this talking jerseys, but you know, I don't think you guys should expect anything less than when uh Neil and I get together. <laughs> um so we'll be right back after this uh quick word from the uh the New York Islanders surprise surprise. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be we'll be right back I, after I heard this in, I heard this earlier. It's going to be good. <laughs> I'll be right back. Listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast, your one-stop shop for Islanders news, analysis, and opinions, featuring the biggest personalities in sports podcasting, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's right, TJ. If you want your opinions viewed through orange and blue-colored glasses from an Islander Bobo and charter member of the Inlui Trust crowd, you'll love the measured commentary from TJ. On the other hand, if you want the unvarnished truth of a hockey purist, a genius, a legend, and an all-around great guy, the Grumpy Old Man's insane ramblings will be just what you need to survive each and every week. An all-around great guy. Well, we also have weekly installments of Stump the Grump, an absolute fan favorite. Make sure to participate in our live streams and listen every Monday and Thursday to the bi-weekly podcast. You can find the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, there you have it. We are back, and that was a quick word from the Never Never Say Die New York Islanders Park podcast, no. part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, I need and to man, get, I need to get the, the grumpy old man on the pod, man. I just, he is something he is. else. We've had we've had like a couple town hall meetings, and he always has something to say that just makes everybody laugh. Like everybody <laughs> there just starts bawling laughing. He is something else. It's amazing. I, like, I think he's, he's a great guy. He is like I, I would call him. I would call him basically like the grandfather of the network because you know I think it's fair to say he might be the oldest person that works at the oh, network easily. So easily. he's a good. He's but he's great. He's great, and that podcast is great. And you guys should definitely go check it out, especially if you're an Islanders fan. Obviously, um, go check them out. They always have a. Uh, they always have a fun time on there. 
100%. And remember, guys, we are sponsored by Customized Sports, your one-stop shop for all your jersey kit needs. If you have a blank jersey, they are the place to go. They got NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever you're looking for, they got it. Check them out on eBay, Customized Sports. They have a website, CustomizedSports.com. You can find the links to all those on in the description below once the video is posted onto YouTube, and you'll be able to find them on our Twitter and Instagram page at Suns underscore hour. But on to the second half of our show, we have the offseason to talk about because the Devils have made some interesting moves, yes. uh, to say the least. Yes. Uh, and then we also still have to do our Suns hour over-under segment, which will be an interesting one because it is with the Devils. It's, um, yeah, I, I've given this some thought because, again, we have so many new pieces this year. I have, uh, you know, and again, we haven't even started training camp and we're not hearing anything. You know, anybody's guess, especially if it's if the season continues to get shorter and shorter, the chances of the Devils actually making the playoffs, in my opinion, gets higher and higher. Oh, 100%. But we will yeah, talk. We'll, 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 let's, let's go to the offseason first, and then sure. we can lead off. Uh, I mean, I think yeah, what your biggest uh, – you guys drafted Alexander Holtz, which I think everyone was ecstatic for. Um, He's a stud. With uh, today, by the way, everybody, he had two goals today and an assist. So I want everyone to know that. Also, Igor Sharangovich is like the best player in the KHL this season. So watch out for him as well. And we drafted him with the 164th pick in the draft. So not every not every great player is the number one overall pick. So So keep that in mind, Rangers fans. Keep that in mind. So you picked Dawson Mercer, 18th yep. overall, but and, and we can talk about we we all know what to expect from those. I guys. know what you want to talk. You I know need I need to know about Shakir Muhammadulin. I got you, Shakir Muhammadulin. Ma- okay, so the case silent. It's 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 silent. He's Russian. What do you want? Muhammadulin. Muhammadulin. Yep. Okay. So yeah, let, let's talk about him for a little bit because you, know, you guys got you, you guys drafted Nico Dawes, which I'm kind of surprised about in the third round. But yeah, let's talk about Shakir well, because see, I, let me let me say real quick about that. You haven't watched the Devils drafts long enough to know this, and Devils fans know what I'm talking about. Every year we draft a goalie. It yeah, doesn't I was in the matter. We draft a goalie every year. We have, I think, like the second most goalies in a system in the NHL. We have something like 10 at this point that we just like, like we have guys that are playing in college hockey that I didn't even realize we had. Yeah. You have, you drafted Cole Brady last year uh, in the fifth round. Playing it with the, like one of the most up and coming programs in college hockey at Arizona state. You drafted Akira Schmid out of Swede in 2018. We have Gilgis Sen. Gilgis Sen. Gilgis Sen is his name. Yep, he is from he is from um, Switzerland. And uh, fun fact about him, he has a good chance to make the Switzerland national team for the Olympics. Uh, and then Mackenzie Blackwood. The last time you guys didn't draft a quarterback or a, a, a goalie uh, was twenty fourteen. Twenty four. Okay, so see, you know, yeah. See, like this has been like even when I was in high school, this was a running joke. That like every year we were just going to draft the goaltender, and it was just like 
you know, it was kind of the funny thing. I was like, oh, is this going to be the guy that replaces Marty down the road or not? Like, it's just, you know. Oh, and by yeah. the way, your boy finally is no longer a devil. Are you happy now? Are you happy I'm, now? That it I happened? mean, I kind of feel bad for him because he did a lot for New Jersey, and I was excited. I was hoping that he'd get a shot. But I like the Crawford signing. I think Crawford's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, once Corey Schneider was announced that he was going to get released, that was, you know, bought out, excuse me, that was a tough day for me personally because I wanted them to give him another shot. I felt like the way how he ended last season, I felt like he earned another opportunity. But I think the Devils just understood that they really just wanted to go in another direction. And I think when they saw the amount of goalies that were going to be available in free agency, I think that, you know, Tom Fitzgerald felt confident he could get one of those to come to New Jersey. And Corey Crawford was not really on my list. I didn't know what Chicago was going to do. I was kind of surprised when they let him go. And you could ask guys like Pat, you know, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, they were surprised as well that they let him go, especially because I think he played pretty well in the bubble, you know, considering the circumstances that they were in. Um, but getting him on a two-year deal, it, it's good because, you know, if it doesn't work out after this year, the Devils could just expose him in the Seattle draft that they really wanted to and just, you know, you know, give Seattle a goalie for, you know, on a one-year contract. But I think well, to Corey be fair, Cal- they're going to they're gonna expose him anyways. You're going to – between Crawford and Blackwood, who yeah. are you going to expose? Well, yeah, look, it's Crawford and most likely Subban are the two guys that I think will most likely be the guys that get exposed. But it all depends on how they perform this year, particularly Subban. I, you know, he has to do better. That's just plain and simple. And I don't – and I've defended P.K. Subban because I've told people this before. I've said it numerous times. It wasn't Subban – Per se, it wasn't necessarily that you know his skills are declining. It's that the coaching that he got in New Jersey was just not the coaching that he needs. He's an offensive defenseman. You're asking him to play more defense than he normally does, and he's just not a tremendous defense, you know, defensive defenseman. He's an offensive scoring machine at defense. That's what he does. And when you're asking him to do things that he's not capable of or has not been accustomed to, you're going to get burned. And I think that this was a down year for him. And I think. He will bounce back in many degrees. I'm not saying he's going to become a Norse Trophy defenseman again, but I think he will bounce back many ways. But I, I, you know, going back to Corey Crawford, I like the signing. I think it's a solid one. And finally, I think Devils fans can feel a little bit relaxed that we have a, a solid veteran backup goaltender that can really take some time, you know, away from you know Mackenzie Blackwood and give him some time to rest. And I think that's that's really an important thing. Yeah, I mean. My my biggest interest is your Andre Johnson, Andre Johnson, Johnson. I think it's I, think I I keep saying Andreas Johansson because that's my guess, but I could be wrong. Um, I'll 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 be correct. I'll definitely try to be correct on it. But you know, what are your what are your? I'll give my thoughts. But what are your thoughts on on that? I think it was a great like for for Joey Anderson. I I think it was a steal. I think it was a great pickup. Joey A. He's one of my boys. He's one of my, you know, it's one of my all-time favorite um, Devils just because, you know, college kid, you know, I'm always a big fan of college hockey players that come to the NHL. Um, you know, he always seemed to give himself opportunities to score and make plays. And uh, I just think for him, it was just never a good fit with the way the organization was going. And the fact that the Devils got a player of, you know, Johnson or Johansson's, you know, skill set, you know, for a guy like Joey Anderson, who's, you know, 
you know, maybe not as talented as Johnson, but, you know, I could be wrong, I think was a steal. And that was just one of the things that the GM of the Devils, Tom Fitzgerald, made clear. He said, look, you know, our goal is to have cap space for many different reasons, to be able to re-sign players, to be able to take advantage of other teams' salary cap situations, and, you know, to go from there, and also to bring in free agent signings. I mean, the Devils still have about $15 million in cap space, and we still – you know, and even after we re-sign, you know, Jesper Bratt, Mackenzie Blackwood, who we have as RFAs, we're still going to have over $10 million on the cap for this year. So I don't think the work is necessarily done. It's going to depend on, you know, when the season starts, what is it going to look like, how are we going to operate, and then just kind of going from there. Um, but to get Johnson, I think that's a big thing. And, and you know, I've heard Mango talk several times about since he came over to the Devils and He's really excited because I think this gives him opportunity to play in a more defined role in New Jersey with more opportunities to score than he had in Toronto. Who? Do you, where do you think he lands up? I think he lands in the top six, in my opinion. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is that he's going to develop good chemistry with Nikita Gusev because I think Gusev is going to end up being that second line winger that we need because that's where he flourished last year. And Gusev has become much more of a playmaker than necessarily a goal scorer. He's tremendous when it comes to setting up other guys. Johnson is a very, you know, very much a sniper, a guy who has a nose for the goal. And you have Jack Hughes, who also is a big-time scorer. Um, you know, if you have those two guys being matched up with your best playmaker, um, I think that could go a long way. So I think top six, probably second line, in my opinion. That's fair. I think that that's probably – who would you have as your top – who would be your top line? Oh, Paul Our top line would be most likely Brett, um, Nico, and Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, I keep forgetting that Palmieri is still still there. Because Where do you think Holtz? Like, do you think Holtz, Holtz won't be over this season no matter what? Right? He's not allowed. Um, so, it's not allowed. It's just that the Devils don't want to do that right away. Do you think he's in next season? Like in a twenty one twenty two season? I think they're going to give him an invite to training camp. Uh, if we get a development camp, you know, if everything kind of goes back to the way that we were before, I think that he will. And you look at the way he's been playing. I said it before a couple weeks ago. He has actually been playing better since he got drafted. Like he was doing well, but ever since he got drafted, it seems like he's scoring one or two goals a game and setting up his teammates. Um, he's doing really well um, over there uh, is your garden. Um, but yeah, I think Holtz is going to be our franchise goal scorer. You know, we have two franchise centermen, Nico Hishier, Jack Hughes. I don't think neither one of them are 30 goal scorers, in my opinion. Maybe Jack Hughes, you know, he seems to, you know, want to want to shoot the puck. Nico seems to be a little bit more of a playmaker, a guy that can kind of do it all. You know, I've, I've said it before that Nico, if he's developed correctly, could become a Patrice Bergeron-like player. He could be very much like a, a, Selk, a Selkie Trophy winner down the road. With Holtz, this is, a, this is our, you know – I guess I'll use, you know, he's our Patrick Laine, so to speak, because, you know, we know Patrick Laine is a guy that loves to score goals, and that's his do you think it's objective. Do you think it's more fair to compare him to, like, if we're going to compare him to a devil, the watching Holtz? Claude Lemieux. My really? Answer, my answer is Claude Lemieux because Claude Lemieux. I was going to say Pat, uh, Eliash. No, that's, a, that's also a good one. Um, probably the three, if you wanted to give me three, I would say Lemieux, Eliash, and Alexander McGillney. Um, those guys, all three of those guys were guys that wanted to put the puck in the back of the net as much as possible. And when they came to New Jersey, that's what they were asked to do. 
you know, Claude Lemieux in 95, he almost single-handedly, you know, was the catalyst for the offense of the Devils that, you know, quite frankly, didn't score a lot, but that's because of the neutral trap zone that everybody, you know, hates even to this day, but it doesn't matter because we won three cups doing it. Um, you know, Claude Demieux, you know, was a clutch player. Patrick Elias, clutch. Um, McGilney, clutch. And I think if Holtz is developed correctly, he can be that same player. And we have to remember this. Holtz is playing in the league already with, with you know, adults, so to speak, or professionals. Let's call it like it is. Professionals. And he's six foot four. And he's well over 200 pounds. This kid is built to play in the National Hockey League. He's not going to get intimidated by getting banged around by guys that are a little bit taller and maybe a little bit bigger than him. You know, the, the thing that's going to be the interesting part, as, you know, Shane, I'm sure you would understand, is that the NHL rink is smaller than what you get in Europe. So 100%. it takes time to develop. We said it before. One of the problems for Gusev was that he was trying to learn how to play the NHL game with a smaller rink, not much, you know, space to make plays that he can make. Once he figured it out and once he understood what he could take advantage of, he started to have success. So I'm not saying, you know, Holt is not going to come in and just light the world on fire. He might take some time to get used to that small rink and say, okay, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. And I'll make adjustments. Um, but Holtz is now that guy that's at the top, you know, of our prospect list when it comes to forwards. Um, you know, Igor Sharangovich, like I mentioned before, I think is rising a lot uh, because it seems like he's scoring one or two goals a game in the KHL. I mean, he's one of the top five best players when it comes to goal scoring in the KHL. He's 22 years of age. He's 22. And he's doing well, you know, with everything like that. So you, you guys pick Mercer. And yeah. you guys traded – you guys didn't trade for it. It was New Jersey no. – you know, not Calgary was the one that traded and still got uh, the guy they were looking for. Um, I forgot what they got. Yeah. Um, see, I like Mercer. He was one of those guys where I wanted Ottawa to trade up for. I like Weedley Craig. I like where we got him. I think he's going to be great. But, you know, looking at your center position, your, your top – your top six is relatively solidified. I think it's fair to say that you're going to yeah. have Hughes and Heischer for the foreseeable future. Correct. If, you, if that's your one, two, three as a Heischer or Heischer, Hughes, uh, Mercer down the middle, you know, Mercer to me reminds me a lot of Krejci. Mm, and I can do that. In I terms of that. like, he, he's strong. He's style, his right? overall, yeah. Like his overall play style, like, He's going to be one of those guys. I think if Hughes isn't careful and Dawson continues to improve, Dawson could overlap Hughes. I could, I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm more concerned about, you know, I don't want to be a top, you know, I'm speaking as a fan. I'm not speaking as, you know, somebody who works for the Devils or anything. My envision would be, I don't want the Devils to be a top six heavy team. I don't want it to be a team that has two top lines and then two bottom lines that are so-so. I would like this team to be four lines deep, like you saw with Tampa, a, a team that could put out several different lines and have success scoring, you know, making plays, doing what it needs to do. And if we have three centermen, you know, like you mentioned, Heashier, Hughes, Mercer, we're just creating that depth. And that's what the Devils did when it came to this draft. We wanted to to add depth to our team. So we added a goaltender. 
We added a winger, a goal scorer winger. We added a centerman. We added a young defenseman. You know, we added to everything because we're trying to build a deep team that we could put in many different people and go from there. So I think that Mercer, if I mean, look, me personally, if Mercer becomes better than Hughes, I'm not going to get mad about it because it is what it is. You know, if Mercer's the guy that ends up being the reason we go on and win the Stanley Cup in the next three or four years, wonderful. Like, that's, you know, it doesn't matter to me. If it me, you know, if Hughes gets dropped to the third line, but then, you know, Hughes starts dominating on the third line, that's awesome. Like, great. I don't really care. Like, as long as everybody is building good chemistry and everything's clicking on the ice, that's what I care about. So, you know, I don't care about saying like, oh, Hughes went from being a number one overall pick to being a third line centerman. It's like, so if he's still contributing to this team and doing what he needs to do, he's still worth it to me. You know, that's just the way I look at it. And, you know, and Mercer, we have to remember, the Devils didn't expect to draft Mercer. He wasn't, you know, what, you know, we were surprised that Mercer was there at 18. If you remember, we were on, um, we were talking with Andy. I think we were on uh, the Broadway Boys um, live stream of the draft when we were watching it. And you could tell Andy was almost shocked that Mercer hadn't been drafted. Uh, yeah, I was expecting Mercer to be picked in like the, the 11 to 15 range. Right. And I don't know what it was, maybe because of the lack of playing that he, that Mercer was getting because of, you know, COVID and everything. But the fact that the Devils, you know, that was probably a situation for them where they were like, hmm, we could draft a defenseman here. I forgot what defenseman was there. It wasn't. I don't think it was like Braden Schneider, Keenan Gould, a bunch of them were Schneider, there. Yeah, I think it was Schneider that I I thought I think if Mercer had gone before 18, I think Schneider would have been the pick at 18. Um but once the Devils saw that, they were like, okay, most there's a chance that we'll probably we're only gonna get one of these two guys, you know, Schneider or Mercer. And they just probably went with best player on the board at that point. And then they were like, okay, who's another defenseman that we really like? And the, you know, Shakir Muhammad Dillin, who was projected, I think, to go in the third round. Um, you know, we made the 20th overall selection in the draft. Yeah, that. because Braden Schneider, uh, Schneider was picked at 19. Well, because the Rangers traded up with Calgary to take him there, which was like. Yeah, Connor okay. Zary was who Calgary got. Right, Connor Zary. That was a that was an interesting choice, in my opinion. But um, I don't know if, I, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that he dropped all the way to to 24. I think Calgary knew that was the case. And I think that's why they traded back. I think they knew that they could get him later. Um, but you my, know, my, honestly for me, William Wallander, I'm, I was kind of surprised when like dropped out of the first round. Yeah. I think he was the biggest surprise of the, of, you know, after the first round was over, they were like, wow, he's still on the board. And yeah. Him and Perla, Perla, Perla. Right. Right. Um, but Going back to Mercer, yeah, I mean, he seems to be doing well um, with Ramuski, which is, you know, a place where Sidney Crosby played his junior hockey. Um, you know, if he continues to progress the way he's progressing, there's another, you know, we're adding depth. Like I said, we're adding really good, talented depth to this young team. I think he's going to be like a uh, – he reminds me a lot of Debrinket in terms of like his situation. Everyone was like, oh, Debrinket's producing because of McDavid. And I think there was a lot of question marks about Mercer. Oh, Alex, you're talking about Alex Debrinket, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alex Debrinket. When he was drafted, he was drafted in the second round. 
Right, and he played juniors with Connor McDavid, correct? Yeah, he was on the same line with each other. It was like the same thing with Strom and whatnot. Like, right. So with the Brinkett, it was like, okay, you can he produce? And then he went back the year after he was drafted and produced without McDavid. Right. And I think with Mercer, it's kind of, he's kind of in that same boat because if I'm not mistaken, he played most of his season last year with Alexi Lafreniere in Ramuski. Right. And I think a lot of people are looking at his stats being like, okay, you played most of your like your junior year with, with the first overall pick. How much is that really – like how much is it that skill versus being able to play with a guy like that? And I think this he's, – he's not playing for Ramuski this year, I don't think. Oh, no, he is. He is. He did grow back. He, 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 yeah. He, sure I think this is the last year of his eligibility in juniors. Yeah, right? I just yeah. couldn't remember because I know if you go back, you he wouldn't be able to go to the NHL and right. he, whatnot. But like, yeah, he had seven points in five games before because I know he got hurt. I remember that. Yep, I think he. I th- and I did know that like the first two games back after you know the you know after being away, you know when they finally came back, I think he had two goals and three assists right away. So he was. So he's he's clearly proving that he's capable of producing without tremendous talent around him. I mean, I think we both messed up here. He didn't even play for Ramuski. He played for uh, he played for Drummondville. And then No, but he, doesn't he play for Ramuski? No, he plays for Shakutami. Oh, Shakutami. Jeez, I get those two confused, right? Shakutami, right. Yeah, honestly, same. I I don't oh, pay attention. Oh, remember, I I, I think it was who there was a guy who played for outside of Lafrenia who got drafted, I'm pretty sure. I don't um, Your guess yeah, played- is mine. Played for uh, Shakutami, but still, like he had last year. Of course, I just closed it. Um, oh, it was Hendrix Lapierre. That's who I was thinking about because uh, they're both played for Sh- um, Shakutami, right? And Lapierre struggled. Uh, yeah, okay, because he had 17 points in 19 games last year. Yep. Uh, he's had eight points in five games this year, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. You know, Mercer had he was traded halfway through the year, right near the end of the year, and then he got right. hurt and whatnot. Right. But yeah, so we 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 messed up there. Our right. bad guys. Well, um, not the first time. Not the first time. It won't, I be, won't the be the last. Right. Exactly. It will not um, not be the last. But you know, to be fair, I think New Jersey did well in this drive. I like Mercer. I like my. Like, I mean, as a sense fan, I all understand about head scratching picks. We had them multiple years in a row, and now. Right. Fans seem to love them. Uh, but, you know, with that, we're going to lead off to our final segment. Um, and that is the sends our uh, over under. And this year, okay. or today, we're going to look at the New Jersey Devils total wins. And just to make sure that everyone knows and everyone's familiar, the total wins is uh, half an overtime uh, for an overtime loss or uh, overtime loss. Okay. It's ha- it counts as half a win. So overtime shootout losses count as half a win. Right. Because you're getting half the points. Right. And we're going off of what, 60 games? Yeah, I was thinking about doing a, a 60 game okay. uh, over under. That's all we got right now. We, we don't even know if it's going to be 60, but that's all we yeah. got right now. So I think I think 82 is out of the question. Let's be honest. 82 right. is out of the question. Right. Probably looking at closer to a 48 game schedule, kind of like a lockout okay. short in year. Okay. But I think 60 games right now is probably a good base. Sure. I have them winning 25 and a half games. 25 just under uh just under half. I just 
for me personally, I know it's low and I, I feel like you're going to go over. I'm going to take the over on it, but the reason why I have them at 25 and a half yep. is just experience. They've added these pieces and, you know, Palmieri, Gusev, Johnson and whatnot, you know, Hughes is a year older, uh, Blackwood's a year older, but mostly it's the fact that they're, they're going to be stuck in a division with the Islanders, the Rangers, most likely Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Boston, and Boston, like, just looking at that, looking and at all those teams and we're made the playing play- them. I mean, it's a regional thing, so we're gonna be playing them all the time. And and those teams made the playoffs last year. And I just I don't yeah. see New Jersey if the, if their majority of the games are against those five six teams. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for them to win games. So yeah. I think they're gonna be at that bottom half of the league again. And I'm taking the over because I think uh, purely on overtime, I think they're gonna be able to win. They're gonna lose games in overtime. Mm. They're going to get those pity points. I'm taking the over, but I'm only going a game and a half. I'm, I'm picking them at 27 total wins. 27. Okay, that's fair. No, that's that's fair. Because, you know, first of all, the Devils are one of the seven teams, including Ottawa as well, that, you know, are going to get, what, two weeks, you know, more of training camp than the rest of the teams. And, you know, we're still – we still don't even know when that's going to happen. Like, we don't – we just have very little information at the moment. Um you know, chemistry is going to be an important thing this year because we have a lot of new pieces and we have a new coaching staff, except obviously um, Elaine Nazardine is returning, which is which is good. Uh, but you have a new head coach. You know, you're going to be playing a new system. It's going to be interesting. No fans, most likely. Uh, playing against, probably playing in the toughest division, you know, regional division, if we're going to call that, uh, probably if that's projected what, what it's going to be. Um, again, nothing is guaranteed. You know, I thought about this for a while, and I'm going to go with 28 and a half. That was my, and I'm going to say that they're going to admit they're going to, they're going to probably end up. This is the way I look at it. If it's a 60 game season, they're probably going to miss the playoffs by a few games. If it's a 40 game season or a 48 game season, I think that they ha- they would probably finish either a game or two out, or maybe even somehow sneak in as the last team. And the reason that I say that is because. Buffalo, I don't personally think is better than the Devils. That's just, you know, they did add Taylor Hall. They have Jack Eichel. I think they still have Skinner, if I'm not, if my memory is Yeah, they locked up Skinner to like an eight-year deal or something like that. They added Stahl. Their goaltending situation is questionable at best. Look at, and then you add this. How much better are the Rangers going to be this year? Don't know. Their defense is still a problem. That's something that you have to keep an eye on. They're left-sided. Their right. left side is definitely an issue. Their right side's pretty. Like, let's be honest. Their the right, right side's side pretty college, strong, but their left side is is a, is a question mark. Um, you have the Flyers, and that's going to be tough. You have the Capitals, not going to be easy at all. Pittsburgh, the Devils have had more success recently against Pittsburgh, so that kind of you know that's a good thing. Boston, yeah, that's that's difficult. Um, this is going to be a year, and I would say this to all Devils fans: this is going to be a year where we should just try to have. We just enjoy the ride and just see where it goes because the expectation should be we're not a playoff team. We're a young team. You know, our general manager has been brutally honest with us about our expectations, where he thinks this team is right now. He said at the trade deadline, we're not a Stanley Cup contender. We're not even a playoff contender. He said 100%. That. You guys and are like a, a rebuilding asked, contender. Right. If you asked him now, he'd probably say we're a better team. But we still got to go out there and play, and I don't even think we we we're probably not there yet. Um, so I think with that, you know, that's you know where I would go with it. Um, but 
But I think we're going to have some fun moments. I think we're going to have some games where it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys play. I think we're going to have some, you know, growing pains. But I think that there's a lot of optimism and a lot of positivity because, you know, we have a new regime, new GM, new coaching staff, a lot of new players. We've drafted very, you know, we drafted very well. There's a chance that a handful of young kids are going to get an opportunity to play in the NHL right now, you know, with some spots on defense and even on the bottom six. Um, we have some guys already playing overseas on loan and also just playing over there that are doing really well and progressing. Um, so I think that this is going to be a year, uh, another, you know, tough year, so to speak, but I think there's going to be a lot of positivity and there's going to be a lot of progression. And I think that's the number one thing to look at. hundred percent. I think that's, if you're a team like New Jersey, I mean, you're in the same boat as Ottawa, that's kind of what you're looking for. You just want the progression. Yeah. There's no quick fixes in this kind of situation. So you shouldn't expect them. Especially in hockey, you can't, you know, it's not like in the NBA where you can just get like three superstars and boom, you're all of a sudden you're a, you know, you know, a contender for a title. You're not the Lakers or the, the Heat with LeBron. Or, or, or the Nets if they get James Harden, which. Not happening. Oh God. Unless they I'm, trade I'm Kyrie. In case anybody wants to know, I'm a Nets fan and I'm, and I'm, I'm counting down the days till we make that move because I think it's going to happen one way or another, hey, whether it. Whether it will probably be for Kyrie. Like, I don't see those three being on the Nets together. I never wanted Kyrie in the first place. <laughs> I just wanted KD, and that's it. I would have taken keep. I would have taken giving D'Angelo Russell the max and have him play with KD because that would have been fine. But anyway, um, you know, you can't build a team, you know, a championship team like you do in the NBA or even to a lesser extent the NFL um, in the NHL. It's got to be everybody. It's got to be all 25-plus guys with chemistry and, you know, playing together. And I've said this before on the broadcast that I do for the, you know, team that I cover, the Jersey Shore Whalers. I say, hockey is a magical, unpredictable sport. You have no idea what's going to happen every time you go to a game. I know you could say that also about every other sport, but there's a lot of things that are predictable in other sports that, like, you know it's going to happen. In hockey – Anything that you think is going to happen might not happen. You know, you might think, oh, you know, you know, we're going to see, a, we're going to see a goal tonight. Well, you might not see one until a shootout. You know, it might go the the full sixty and everything like that with no goals. Or you might get a game where it's seven to six. Like you don't know what you're going to get, and it's not always that the most talented team wins it all. You know, remember Tampa Bay won the cup this year but not before they had several years of losing to teams that they were far and away better than Columbus. Columbus. You know, you had, you know, I um, mean, to be fair, they also went to the cup final and lost to, you know, they also know what's like losing. Yeah. Like they lost in 2015 to Chicago. So like they, and and it was their core guys to be fair. Like it was Hedman and Kucherov and Stamkos. I know Stamkos only played one game, but he was still there. And Vasilevsky, if you want to throw Throw him in there as well because he was. You want to be, yeah. If you want to be technical, yeah. Right, but like, um, that, but that's it. You know, experience works well. Chemistry is very important, and also, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of luck. Sometimes you really need luck in this game, and that's the way you got. I look mean, at look it. at Dallas. Look at Dallas. They got lucky. Got hot at the right time. They, it, that's what it takes. If you get hot at the right time, and you got, you know, as as, as somebody in my family would call it, you got you have the, a horseshoe up your ass. Or you got the juju going, as my family would say. You know, there isn't much you can really do to kind of slow it down. 
you know. I, I like with the the horseshoe in the ass. And that's seems that's like it was... I've never heard that one, but that's a good one. <laughs> a good one. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. Honestly, like I'm excited to watch New Jersey this year. I'm gonna be disappointed that I won't be able to go watch them live. It's always the one game I try to go to at least once, like one of their yeah. visit. I try going to their first visit every year. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I was a huge Marty Berder, Scott Niedermeyer, Scott Stevens. Like I was a huge fan of those guys. Yeah. Um, didn't really care much for the team itself. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those players, they were one of the reasons – like, Britter was the reason why I became – like, I wanted to be a goalie. There's no there's no lying to that. Yeah. We're not going to lie about that. Same here. I love Niedermeyer. I love Stevens, Eliash, yeah. you know, even even Gianta and Gomez. Like, they, like, the way they played the games during those – so, I always try to keep an eye on New Jersey, which is why when they needed a host, I was like, sure, I'll jump onto it. <laughs> um, right. But I'm excited to see with this team. I like Blackwood. I hope I hope New Jersey, like Tom Fitzgerald, can kind of get things going yeah. for for the Devils again and kind of make that Ottawa New Jersey rivalry a little bit more lively. Yeah, got to go back, flashback to the 03 uh, Eastern Conference Finals, which I've argued with people is one of the best conference finals in NHL history because of oh, easily the way those games went. You know, you know, I remember. Well, obviously, I was a kid, about six years old, but I remember the Devils lost game six at home, and it was just like this, uh-oh, like, we have to go back to Ottawa. And, we, you know, and Ottawa's – when Ottawa's really good and they're in, like, the playoffs, it's a really hard place to play because those fans – like, I hate crapping on the arena because it's, like, in the middle of nowhere and parking is a piece of crap. Um, they will go out there and they will go to the game all, like, 100%. Um, but you know, I was, you know, I was like, yeah, this ain't looking, this is not looking good. And Here's the thing. I, I, as much as I love Liam, cause I do, he was one of my favorites. Liam is like one of my all time favorite. Like, but he was never that good of a goalie outside of Ottawa. Like, if you, like if you just look at his numbers, he left Ottawa and then he tanked after the, the lockout. Like it just, he lost it all. I think if you were to if you were to give me like if you were to even give me Hasek during the 03 run instead of an 06, yeah, I think we beat New Jersey. Like I just you give me hell if you give me Shagare, the oh, guy who won the the only player if I remember correctly he's the only player to win yeah. the Con Smythe on the losing team. That was crap. That was like. That was, that was, we are not going to give Marty his due because even though he got okay. three shutouts in the finals. To be fair, though, to be fair, Jaguar's the only reason why Anaheim made it to the finals. To be fair, Martin Verdeur had three shutouts in the Stanley Cup finals and one of them being game seven. So I don't really I agree. I agree. But Jaguar was deserving of it because he was the only reason why that Ducks team. And this is the thing. People are like, this is the reason why people don't think Marty's the best. Oh, he never won a con smite. That's because he got I don't care about food. that. It's con smite means shit. Hasek, now, I don't think Hasek ever won a con smite. all the time. Look, 95, Claude Lemieux. Hands down, he was the best player on the team. He deserved it. 2000, Scott Stevens basically murdered everybody. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that, it's fine. 2003, that was Marty. That was at his prime. And you have Shiger, who played great, right? Played phenomenal. I, you know, and yeah, he was like arguably the biggest reason that Anaheim got to the cup final. There was no, and got to game seven as well. But 100%. But let's go. Here's the thing. You're telling me, so you're, so like, 
Like, to be fair, when you lose f- three games in a shootout, you're not the fault that they lost those three games. Right, right. But I'm <laughs> like, it's like Leonard, right? It's like Leonard, where, like, they lost to Vegas. Or they kept losing to, like, Vancouver and Dallas. They just couldn't score. Right. It's not because thought, Leonard was having a bad game. And, the, and it, he never had a bad game this season in the playoffs. It was just that, like, his team, for some stupid reason, could not score. And, again, that's where it comes from. You have a great, talented team, but if you're if no if not everybody's clicking, your chemistry's not good. You're not gonna you're not gonna have success. Like you're gonna struggle, and that's what they did against Dallas. They really struggled. Here's the thing, and here's the thing. I know Patrick Wall has three. Whoop! I don't think he really deserved it. To like, I think maybe ninety three he did. Like, if you look, like I just think that ninety six he deserved it in my opinion. Not that's fair. Deserved it. I don't know. I just I look at Patrick Wall and I just feel like he hits his name that really gets like I, I was never a fan of Patrick Wall. Well, you I have just, to I was remember. Never huge. And here's where the conspiracy theory of me comes out. Because I tell people like people hate this when I bring this up, but it's so true. With Patrick Wall, he was French Canadian and he played for the Canadians. So right away, he's the golden child. That's 100% agreed. Put him on a pedestal. He won a Stanley Cup when he was like, what, 18 years old, whatever the hell it was. I don't remember how. He was young, and he became this great goaltender. We also have to remember the defense of the Canadians through majority of the time that Patrick Wall was there was not that good. So he had to be great in order for them to win things. So you go to... So obviously he wins he wins Stanley Cups there. Then he goes to Colorado and you know it's the Nord, you know, Ridge lose the Nordiques, and he wins Stanley Cups there. And all of a sudden he's being challenged by another, you know, French Canadian goaltender in Martin Bordeur. But here's the diff, here's the problem. Martin Bordeur plays for, at the time, one of the smallest markets in the National Hockey League in New Jersey. And as we all know. And Shane, you're obviously, you're not from this area, so I don't know if you understand this enough, but if you don't, I'll explain. New Jersey is considered to be, or the jo- as the joke goes, the armpit of America. It's 100%. I've heard that. On, it's constantly criticized. We had a stupid reality TV show that MTV thought was a great idea that pretty much put Jersey in a very bad light. And so people didn't like it. They didn't like the new, that the Devils played in New Jersey in, a, in the Meadowlands and they were playing this neutral zone trap that was winning them all these games, even though it was considered boring hockey. And that's why people wanted to give Marty crap. So they never wanted to give him the recognition that he deserved. And people don't want to admit that Marty is, was overall a better goaltender, in my opinion, than Patrick Waugh. I've said this before. Martin Bordeaux will always be, in my opinion, until proven otherwise, the greatest goaltender to ever play the position. Because every every record except Conn Smite, which, like you said, is meaningless, and Stanley Cups, which could have been flipped the other way had the Devils won Game 7 in Colorado in 2001, which would have changed everything. You know, Stanley Cups. But every record that Wall ever set for goalies, not only did Marty break it, he shattered it. He Here, shattered here's the it. thing with, with goaltenders. I think if Dominic Hasek is from Canada, 
he could be the best goaltender in the NHL in in, in the history. I think because he didn't get, but he never got his chance until he was like twenty eight. That's true. You're, you're talking about a goaltender like Patrick Wall and, and Marty Berger who came in at like 22, right. like 19, 20, 21, 22 kind of thing. Right. Dominic Hasek didn't really get his fair, like a fair shot at a starting position until so he was like 28. Tell him what's so like, right. Yeah. And I mean, it's no real fault to his own, but I think if he's uh, North American, either American or Canadian, he really right. gets a shot when he's like 25, 24, yeah. or younger. And I think that the, the record book would have looked a little bit different. Yeah, and I think like there was it. a stereotype to that. I think, th- and I, you know, I think back then there was a lot of stereotypes with European goalies that, oh, you know, they, you know, I think they, the scouting just wasn't there. That's true too. And I think like the, the the fact that the ice surface was different and what because there wasn't a lot of right. European goaltenders during that time right. in that kind of spotlight. But I think, he, how- but he was from he was from the Czech Republic, so. Again, that was that stereotype of like there aren't that many great Czech Republic players that have come to the NHL. So why? Yeah. So why? Why is this guy any different, so to speak? And like if he if he's maybe from Russia, I wouldn't even say from Sweden because at the time, like when he came into the league, it wasn't that popular. Remember that was like, the that was the um, what was that um, that was back when uh, they were all you know they were all talking about all oh, the Swedes are a bunch of softies. That was that. Yeah. That was that era of like know. I think like you Hasek did a lot for the 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 league and if he started yeah. earlier if he had a if he was a true starter earlier in his career records look a lot different for Berter and for ha- and for Wall. I Easily. think that some I think if that I think if Pat if um you know Dominic Hasek got a better opportunity he probably would have ended up having the records that Marty has um and probably would have ended up becoming the greatest of all time. The only thing that I always tell people that, you know, and again, I'm biased because like I said, I'm a devil's fan and it's understandable, but the the NHL had to change several rules because of the way Marty played the game. You know, Marty would play the puck like he was another defenseman out there and he scored several goals himself, um, but he would set up guys all the time. And that infuriated other teams because it was just like, you know, there's no, there's no way you can game plan for that. You can't game plan for that. Um, but – and also Marty just played his own style. You know, stacking the pads, you know, doing the scorpion look and somehow – Really, really introduced the NHL to a hybrid style goaltending. Exactly. They, he really introduced that because, you know, he came from the era where the stand-up was still, you know, kind of big. But then also you had some goalies that were starting to go to the butterfly. Patrick so he decided, I got to do a hybrid of both. Because both systems work when it comes to making a save. Yeah, because and, you look at Patrick Wall and Hasek, where we're more butterfly goaltenders. Exactly. And then you exactly. have guys like Belfour, who was more, I found, more of a stand-up, or Curtis Joseph, who was more of a stand-up. Curtis Joseph, right, exactly. That was that, you know, Marty kind of changed it. And now you look at, I would say almost every goalie in the NHL does hybrid, in my opinion. Oh, easily. Almost it's the most both. common one. Like, unless you're like six seven. Like Bishop's a stand-up goaltender because he's six seven. Yeah, he's six seven and he doesn't have to get down if he doesn't have if he doesn't want to. Like, but I mean if you watch hockey games during that time period, they're shooting low constantly because well, they're standing up. There was no way to and I think that's what really threw people off with Berdurbs because people were shooting low and he was going down to make those stops. So they would right. have to raise the puck right. and 
you couldn't raise the puck, you weren't going to score much on him. Right. He, you know, as he got older, his glove, uh, his glove side became more of a weakness. But when you really look at, you know, the way he played, he infuriated people because you never knew how he was going to stop you. It was never, you know, like, um, you know, one of the things they used to say about Mario Lemieux back in the day was that he, Mario Lemieux had maybe 15, 20 different ways he was going to shoot the puck at you and you didn't know which, which one he was going to use on you. That was the same thing with Marty. When you came down on a breakaway, you didn't know if he was going to come flying at you and try to do a flying poke check, stack the pads, just completely rob you on the glove side, you know, go butterfly and just beat, you know, you know, prevent you from going five hole. You didn't know. So he forced, he basically forced shooters to make that decision well before they wanted to. And that, that was, you know, one of the things that was very frustrating. And, and, you know, Marty just, all he wanted to do was just play the game that, you know, he looked at it and said, what can I do to make, to give my team the best chance to win this game by making saves like that. And even at age 40, he was still making those saves because it's not like he's going to change. And people say, why isn't Marty a head coach, a coach, like a goalie coach? Because you can't teach what he did. You can't teach that. That was his no. time. He you just, you kind of just know it. You kind of just know it. People are gifted in those ways. You know, people are gifted cooks. People are gifted teachers. You just don't know. You know, it's not, you know, not every great player becomes a great coach. I've seen that numerous times. So at the end of the day, you know, I will stick by, I will stick by what I believe in. And I believe that Marty's the greatest goaltender of all time. I put Dominic Hostick at number two. And then I put Wad three because I also say, look at the teams he played for. He played for Montreal, which was one of the dynasty, you know, let's call it like it is. And then he played for Colorado who had what? Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, you know. Bob Blake. Raymond Bork, you know, and all that. <laughs> You know, and I and look, I have conspiracy theories about the 01 finals, and we're not going to get into that. But. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, well, we can get into it later this week because I will be joining you on That's your right. Thursday episode. Yeah. So we can get right back into right. it uh, right. then. Yep. But, you know, we are the Suns Hour, and we have gone over that hour. So thank you all for who have who stayed oh, listening this, to this. This is going to be like the Suns Hour in 23 minutes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, you know, for, for this episode with uh, with Neil Villapiano, it's been a pleasure, as always, to for Neil to be on. Uh, we will have our regular co-host and Derek back for... Yeah, I, was, our... I was actually hoping to actually meet Derek for the first time. Because, like, obviously, like, I've talked to him on social media, but I was actually like, kind of looking forward to meeting him and, you know... Yeah, he, uh, he's probably getting off in about half hour because he's at work right now. Good for him. Um, but, you know, I hope you guys all enjoy this episode of the Sense Hour podcast. With Neil and I, it's always just a ramble. If yep. we ever do decide to make our uh, – have a, a co-hosting podcast, oh. you guys are going to need to – we're going to have to release it in parts because they're going to be like four hours long. Right. And, we'll make, and we'll make Bayou edit, edit them for us. Oh, 100%. We'll make Bayou the editor so he has to sit there and do it for us. Um, but uh, – you know, where can people find you, Neil? And uh, I know you just released another book, so you got to yeah. tell us about that. Your famous book uh, yeah. send-off. <laughs> yeah, all right. So um, as Bayou calls it, it's like my my uh, my half-hour uh, outro that everybody calls it. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W. 
Um, you know, and on my personal Instagram, NVPQB11. Uh, you can follow the Devil State of Mind Twitter at Devil State and Instagram at Devil State of Mind, as well as our Facebook page as well, where you just continue to stay up to date and interact with me, you know, talking about the Devils. Um, you know, I have a podcast that I do, sports related, Mofobo Network podcast, new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on Anchor and Spotify. Got a really, really good week coming up with with a couple good guests, so it should be fun. Um, you have a YouTube. Still haven't been invited on yet. All right. Well, you know what? You you know what? Thursday, Thursday, because I do I do you know we'll, we'll we'll set it up. We'll set it up. But um, I also have Mofobo Never Presents uh, my YouTube channel that I post a new video every single Wednesday. Uh, Mofobo Network or my name, and you'll find it. Um, and yeah, also uh, I I wrote a book that I post that I published back in January called J E T S Pain 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. Um, you know, the Jets, especially today, as we're recording this on a Sunday, uh, continue to live up to their uh, to their form uh, by having a nice, you know, embarrassing loss at home to the to the Dolphins. So, but yeah, you can check that book out on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, the price is $19.69. So if you're a Jets fan or football fan, you've probably guessed why I chose that price. And also... Uh, I just published a new book this past week, uh, Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town, which is basically about the regrets of being a New York Mets fan. Um, also, that book is also 1969 as well. Uh, you can get it for hardcover and ebook on Amazon. It'll eventually be on Barnes & Noble. Um, yeah, it talks about, you know, the pain of pain and regret of being a Mets fan. So it's, uh, it's another one and I'm, I'm already planning on writing a third book. So, uh, go check those out and, uh, continue to support me. And, uh, again, again, Shane, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's always a blast, uh, talking with you, man. Oh, hundred percent. It's always been fun. I like how most of the people on the network think we hate each other. It's great. Oh, that's the, that, we gotta, keep that, we gotta keep that up though. Cause I, I don't think people need to know that, you know, <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's true. Especially because I'm I'm still waiting on Ish to uh to let us know that we can we could do another we could do a uh another podcast uh together. I think that, yeah, that's for sure. I think, that's, I think the world needs that. I think the hundred percent. They need a fresh a fresh uh, Skip Bayless and uh, Stephen A. Yeah. Smith. We got we got we got to wear suits though. We got to we got to oh hundred percent. We, we just got to do the full, just the full suits and just yeah. sit here like. Yeah, you know, when this, yeah, I'm telling you, when this, when this COVID thing is over, you know, I'll, I'll come to you or you can come to me, and we could do we could do live things in person, and we could totally just we just go completely. Change trip to New Jersey. How bad does it go? Yeah. yeah, I've never and I've never been to Canada, so it would be my it would just be you know, Neil. I would you would never want to go back, guarantee it. Call, yeah, no, the thing is, I would be calling it kneeling across the border. So that's gonna be. It's going to be fun. But uh, again, Shane, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for coming on. And guys, you can find us since underscore our Twitter, Instagram uh, as well. You can find me, Shane underscore Ryan 97. Remember to follow Derek at DLee075 and give uh, the podcast network a, uh, a follow of Hockey Pod Net on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. New episodes are Monday and Thursday. And if you are listening to this, our winners for our, con our customized sports contest jersey kits will be announced Monday at 10 a.m. They'll be on our Twitter, so definitely head on over there to check to see if you won. 
If you haven't been heard from us, though, you probably didn't win. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I, I entered too, so you know, if, I, if, it, if it happens to me, me, let's let's go, baby. You know, uh, maybe, I'm, maybe. I'm gonna hear from you anyway, saying no, you didn't win. You just yeah, probably. This is the strangest. Be like, congratulations, you, you didn't, didn't win. win. Right, that's how it's gonna go. So I'm prepared. I'm prepared for pain. I'm prepared for pain. Don't worry. I mean, you're a Giants fan. You're used to it. All right. You know what? We're we're in first place in the NFC East right now. The, so N- the, N- the NFC least. Okay. Yeah. So it is. I don't care. You know what? Here's the thing. 2020 has been such a bad year. At least one of my teams is in position to make the playoffs. You know what? So I don't need, you know, so, you know, oh, and by the way, how's, uh, how's James Conner, you know, dealing with uh, our know, running game with- shit. So I don't care. We're still okay. undefeated. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you at the Super Bowl in a couple months. So don't worry. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'd be okay with that. See, uh, one and two and co just smack around. Uh, what's his face? Jones. Oh, there's so much pain with that. And we don't even know what his situation is tomorrow. I'm waiting. Oh, yeah, he got hurt. Oh, yeah, he got hurt. I forgot about that. We got Colt McCoy. That's true. Guess Guess we'll find out later this week. I got my Steelers Ravens on Tuesday, baby. Can't wait. Uh, But again, guys, thank you for listening to this rambling. Uh, We'll catch you back here with a brand new episode on Thursday. You can find us again, Spotify. Anchor, uh, anywhere you really find your podcast, you can find us on Pinecrest. Uh, yeah, pinecrest.com, uh, you can get basically everywhere, all of it at once. Super simple. It's linked on our Twitter and whatnot. Thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you here Thursday with a brand new episode.